on time to talk sports with raw mind. Game day, who plays with updates of all kinds? From press box to sideline, who got cut, who got signed? Who's clutch when it's crunch time? The starting lineup or the pine? These athletes compete, some without even trying. You want a championship, you gotta grind. When them bright lights shine, and this game go nine, they gon' cover the story not quite like Ryan. Exclusive interviews, dudes plug like Mike Line. He's got the inside scoop of why, who got fine? Prime. Time. Got the game statistics. I could say if you wasn't at the game, you missed it. But now raw mind sports covers the distance. Front row, that's close like a coach's assistant. You wanna be in the know? Eyes open and listen. This is raw mind sports. Another edition. Welcome to another edition of Raw Mind Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Jones. And today, I got Brian Bolsa. I met him on um, Sports Me. He was talking his talk. He going to walk his walk. So we're going to see what we're about. We're going to see what he's talking about today, you know. So uh, first and foremost, man, it's an honor and privilege to have you on Raw Mind Sports, Brian, outside of all the shenanigans, um, the good stuff. And, like, go ahead and tell people where they can find you at because you're a pretty good podcast. I actually just followed you. I thought I followed you a few days ago. Apparently, I, I didn't hit the right button, but kind of like your your style on Instagram, and that's the first part I seen you on. But, yeah, go ahead and plug everybody in, both. Yeah, first off, I want to thank you for having me on the show. You have a great show. I love your energy, and I try to bring that myself as well. But the listeners can find me at Bolstered Up Sports, Twitter, Instagram, even TikTok. I'm on there a little bit. So you can look for some great takes. I usually – come out pretty hot with some of my takes and that includes <laughs> on sports me where I'm willing to go back at it with somebody. I love the conversation, right? And to me, that's what it's all about. Sports bring up great conversations. That's what I enjoy. I could talk for days. And you're right. And I agree with that. And I'm the same way sports does bring great conversation, especially with what we're going through in this country right here. So sometimes you just need that relief, that sigh of relief to like to be who you are and like have fun a little bit and let down a little bit. With that being said, we're going to talk about some NFL topics, Brian. And um, I got a few before we get into more topics. Let's talk about how do you feel about Phillip Rivers' retirement? Man, I'm sad to see him go, to be quite honest with you. He had a true one-of-a-kind throwing motion that I don't yes, think we will ever <laughs> see back in the NFL. That's a one-of-one. One. It's dead and gone. So we'll always have to remember Phillip Rivers by his shot put and his fiery attitude on the field. He's one of the best trash talkers out there, but keeps it clean. <laughs> and if you've listened to like the, him mic'd up on the NFL films, it like, yeah. gets on people's nerves because he'll talk trash constantly. Yeah. But keeps it clean, so it's kind of cheesy. But, um, <laughs> you know, I don't think he's – you know, I do think he's going to get in the Hall of Fame. But if, it were up, if it were up to me, I wouldn't let him in. Not that he's not a great quarterback but I don't know that he quite measures up to his peers in that manner. I mean, what do you think? Is Phillip Rivers Hall of Fame worthy? To me, um, I'm, I'm kind of like that with you. I, I feel like he's going to get in the Hall of Fame regardless of what we think. I feel like he's going to get in the Hall of Fame because his numbers are great. Only thing I – most people would probably say he wouldn't get in the Hall of Fame, and I think with the Hall of Fame, Super Bowl win or not, a lot of these guys over years have gotten the Hall of Fame just off this, their numbers. Like, their numbers have been great. And I really think that's what the Hall of Fame really looks at. I don't think they look at it necessarily the championships. I really think they look at the numbers. Did he put up great numbers? He made him break no records because his time frame was different. When he came in, 
Eli, well, not Eli, excuse me. Tom Brady was still there. Aaron Rodgers was still there. Drew Brees was still there. So you're thinking about that core of people. They're all pretty much about to be on their way out the door. You know, Tom, I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers going to retire soon. We know Drew Brees are retired. So, like, that crew, that core is that core. And that's why I think the hit on him is, honestly, because he came in during a time that he had to deal with all those guys. Tom Brady, six-time Super Bowl champion. Aaron Rodgers. MVP of the league, seven-time Super Bowl champion. Drew Brees broke a passing record, I want to say, seven times. So, like, you're dealing with these yards. Right. So, I was like, you're dealing with a bunch of elite quarterbacks that he came in with. It's almost like – I'm trying to remember some in the NBA, some team that never could get – the Utah Jazz could never get over the hump because they had came running to the Bulls. Like, they never could get over the hump. Now, if the Bulls won there, they probably won a championship with Carl Malone and John Stockton. But what they probably – they went into the Hall of Fame – because of who they were without no championship in their numbers. But what I'm saying is I felt like with him, he came in an era where he has to deal with those guys as being getting the most attention. Now, he had chances to, to make prove himself in the playoffs. He had a chance to beat Tom Brady, which he failed. So, I mean, those are the hits that are going to hit him when it comes to the Hall of Fame, as in us as the fans or us as the podcasters or us as the viewers. We're going to look at it like, Man, you really didn't do nothing because these people had you. These people distracted us from looking at you. But the side on – and the thing that gets me, though, is I agree with and I understand why people don't think so because he had talent around him. He had talent on offense, year in, year out. A lot of these guys, like Aaron Rodgers, they have talent year in and year out. Tom Brady, we already know he played with mediocre receivers. It was just a great system in um, New England that led him to – he didn't really have no big-time receiver other than Randy Moss, honestly. I mean, somebody that was just big. But outside of that, like, he had receivers. He had guys like Keenan Allen, which I think is probably the most underrated receiver in football that people don't even give a lot of props to. So what you're saying and what I'm saying is this. Um, he's going to get in the Hall of Fame just alone off his numbers. No doubt. He's, like, top five <laughs> in total yards and touchdowns. He's way up there. But yeah. you bring up a great point. Like, his peers are the best of the best. He was in yeah. the AFC with Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Ben Roethlisberger with yeah. the Steelers, right? Like, we want to crush him a little bit for underachieving because you're right, those Chargers rosters were loaded. Yeah. But when you take a step back and it's like, all right, are you really going to beat, especially Peyton Manning and Tom Brady? Right. I guess we can give him a little bit of the pass for his playoff woes. Lucky him. Lucky him. Now we're going to go to the, the, the breaking news today. Dwayne Haskins – Signing with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to let you go. Well, of course, you always go first. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm more than willing to go first. So, I actually think it's a great pickup. Ben Roethlisberger is coming back for one more year, right? So, they aren't going to need to rely on him right. to be the starter day one. But right. they're going to bring in a talented prospect, get the feel of him, the personality. Okay, is he going to be a fit here moving forward? Your coach is going to analyze him a little bit more closely right. and measure up that talent. I think it's a great fit because they weren't in a position. I know Sam Darnold's thrown out there, right? A lot of people want Sam Darnold, including yeah. kind of out in New York and with a team where we feel like he might have an opportunity. But I don't think that the Steelers are in any position to really invest in their backup quarterback position. Right, right, right. Monetarily, as well as through the draft. So, to be quite honest with you, I think it's perfect for the Steelers. I'm not big on Haskins, don't get me wrong, but I think it's extremely low risk with a high reward. 
Right, and I agree with that. I felt like low risk, high reward, and reason why. For one, this year with the COVID hitting the pandemic, a lot of salary caps have lost some money. With that being said, plus Big Ben is due a lot of money. So the Pittsburgh Steelers got some guys that they really going to lose. You know, they may lose T.J. Watt. They may lose Juju Schuster. I don't know what Big Ben, maybe he restructures that contract. I don't know. I doubt he do. But along with Big Ben coming back, it's going to take – half of the salary cap money that they need. So it's going to be some key players missing. Dwayne Haskins right now, for one, it was a business move. I felt like it was smart because, you know, he already got into some trouble. You couldn't lowball him. He ain't really done that in Washington. So it's like, hey, this, hey, let's, let, let's try this. I mean, this may work. And the thing I always say about people, man, is that this may be the best move. For one, Mike Tomlin is a player's coach. Two, they both from the DMV, so they're pretty, pretty relatable. He could probably get to him as what I call raw thoughts, speak the raw thoughts. They ain't got to really sugarcoat anything with him, and that's what Mike Tomlin is really good for. I'm not going to say Mike Tomlin is the best strategic coach, but he's a player coach. And he, I think he runs the Pittsburgh Steelers almost like a business. I'm the leader. I take the heat. But I'm going to delegate this, 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 that. You guys figure that out. Now, I ain't going to go over your heads. I may want this and want that, but I'm not going to be the one to say I know everything. And I think that's what Pittsburgh likes about him because it's his leadership not really knowing every piece of the puzzle but putting people in position to do it, which although they kind of failed this year. What I say about Haskins is this why I go with um, Haskins. Like, I really feel like certain quarterbacks need change. I feel like Ron Rivera, I, at the same time he was doing a lot of stuff that was going on, a lot of people say he was acting up. Look, all in, raw thoughts, there's some, a lot of NFL players, and NBA players who do the things that Haskins did. Let's be real. The only reason he really out of Washington is because he didn't do nothing in Washington. If he was doing that, he was playing good, he'll still be in Washington. That's all it is. He wasn't producing. That's what made it worse. You're doing this, you're risking the team, and you ain't doing that. Oh, no, you got to go. And you ain't going to hurt us. So I felt like certain teams, certain players, sometimes players need to change the scene. And I feel like, prime example, like I was saying it earlier, like Alex Smith was not that great at all in San Francisco his first few years. Jim Harbaugh gets there. He revamps him, coaches him up. Yeah, he was a game manager, what they say, but he was coached up. He won't turn over the ball no more. He got them to the NFC Championship just by being a game manager with a good defense. Get to Kansas City, he played pretty good. Got a nice little decent check to Patrick Mahomes arrive. Now he in Washington before the leg injury, he got paid. So I'm saying, like, certain coaches does help where you're at. Um, Ryan Tannehill, although somebody said he played pretty good in Miami, I felt like Ryan Tannehill logically is not the Ryan Tannehill in Miami. I feel like he's a much better football player in Tennessee because he have a good coach to coach him up. Certain people just need different looks, you know. So I'm just saying, like, every player is not going to go to the same team. And even with – I know somebody was saying Mason Rudolph earlier today, my boy Youngblood. I'm saying, like, you, you, you're trying to be biased, keep saying it, because I get it, it's an alum thing. But I don't even think Mason Rudolph is in the right spot. He may need a change. But I don't think that Pittsburgh culture is for him, regardless if he's getting a chance or not. And it's okay. Like, people got to understand that things change. We all done some things we probably regret and we miss. But that's what happens. Sometimes you need that change of scenery to see where you're at and see what's, what's needed of you, man. And I, I'm just telling you, man, like, I just think that this could be big for him. No, of course, I'm not thinking he's going to start. But it gives him a chance to kind of, be around a very, regardless if they win games or not, he's going to be around a good organization overall because the Steelers are a good over 
organization overall when it comes to business and how they run things. There's always trust. There's never a lot of shenanigans or nothing like that. So they run a good quality organization. And I think that's the type of culture that's going to help him get back into it. Because he was doing the same thing. <laughs> James Harden was doing the same thing. So, again, we go back to James Harden was at the strip club doing stuff. What happened? They shipped him to Brooklyn. He still was a man. They still needed him. So it ain't like he was just off off the market. So, I mean, it's it's all about, at the end of the day, what I looked at, it was like, it was more of a production move. Like, you ain't done that and you're costing that, so we just had to do what we had to do. Oh, 100%. If he was <laughs> balling, they're going to turn a blind eye to that or maybe slap him on the wrist, but they're yeah. going to keep him around. But, you know, I think him going to Washington was just a recipe for disaster. You know, mm-hmm. talented prospect, no doubt. But being drafted basically by the owner because his kid Ooh. is a friend of yours. And, you know, I think he just would have been better served going out of his local area. Yeah, right. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, the Steelers' stability is the best thing for Dwayne Haskins right now. And you brought up a couple great examples. I think that's the category that most quarterbacks fall into. They're going to be a product of their environment. You mentioned it specifically, I think, recent example, Ryan Tannehill. Um, Who knows? Maybe we'll see that with Haskins. But, you know, Ryan Tannehill, I think he just had to shake the crazy eyes of Adam Gase. And (laughs) I'm, I'm hoping, as a USC fan, I'm hoping that's what happens for Sam Darnold. Maybe yeah. they get a quality offensive mind in there in New York without the crazy eyes, and maybe we'll see him yeah. bump. Um, I definitely root for all these guys to play well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's go to Coach Harvest, man. What's the most interesting one for you and what you feel needs to happen as in Coach Harvest? Okay, so for me, <laughs> being a Tennessee Titans fan, it's the Falcons taking ROC, Arthur Smith. He's been awesome in Tennessee Sometimes these offensive coordinators work out as the head coach, and we've seen plenty of instances where they don't quite adapt to that role, right? So I think it could be a major win for the Falcons if he can manage from an executive level, like you mentioned with Mike Tomlin, right? Right. The X's and O's, I'm sure, will be straight, but he's got to get it in his CEO mode. But I think a big bump can come with Matt Ryan. If he is in that offense, they're able to run the football like Tennessee was at all, and you start getting Matt Ryan back into play action, I could, I could definitely see Matt Ryan having a nice bump next season. The next one to me is Eric Bieniemy. He hasn't Ooh. been hired yet, but it's, right. the question is, is he? He's been linked to the job in Houston a couple times, right, which in some ways I think is a great job because you have Deshaun Watson. But then in other ways, it's like you want to stay away with, from that job because of what's going on on an organizational level. Right. And Deshaun Watson wants out. So, to me, that's what I'm keeping my eyes on. Right. So, they haven't had – so, Houston, Houston hasn't hired nobody. I haven't really touched that. So, that's still available. Oh, boy. Yeah, oh, boy. He might get it. But this is my thing, okay, um, from what you're basically saying is I like the Arthur Smith going to Atlanta. I'm just trying to figure out the GM. Are they going to keep – they said the owner, Arthur Blaine, said that uh, Matt Ryan, Julio could be for sale, depending on the GM and the coach. I'm, I'm assuming that Arthur Smith keeps them, and I'm telling you, the play action does work well with Matt Ryan simply because he played in Kyle Shanahan's offense. I'm a diehard 49ers fan, been like that all my life. So I'm saying the play action, his best years were there because 
Kyle Shanahan's offense, everybody always try to say it's up and down, it's hit and miss. It's really predicated on what your quarterback can do. He can go deep down the field. He can run the ball. He can shorten it for you. It just depends on what your quarterback can do. And Matt Ryan kind of could do all those things. Then you got a running back like Ty Gurley, who probably could come back next year, although he could be a free agent. I feel like he'll be back in Atlanta. And it gives them that 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 mindset. But I'm going to tell you, um, it's going to be interesting. I'm ready to see how the New York Jets are going to build Robert Salah. Reason why, good defense coordinator for the 49ers, but he has a lot of energy. He reminds me of that Pete Carroll mindset. Now, I know he don't know too much about offense, but I'm hoping he's smart enough to bring somebody in there who knows about offense. And I know he did bring a lot of guys, got a, quite a few people from the 49ers um, branch, whether well, it's people that's there now or somebody who played in the organization, who was around the organization. So he has guys around there for that. Now, I don't know if they keep Sam Donald or they're going to go with Justin Fields or whoever, but that's a, the thing about Sam Donald right now, I know he's probably like, where am I going to be? Like, because they got the number two pick. Do we get Justin Fields or they going to believe in me? Am I going to be somewhere? He's probably somewhere like, man, I don't even know what's going on with me right now. And that's a bad feeling because you really don't as a coach. And even if they talk to him, you don't know what they're really going to do. But that situation, and the Jets going to always be the Jets. They usually hire people every two years. But, you know, they, they're still in a, a division against the Bills. It's going to be tough next year. We don't know what the Patriots are going to do, but I feel like Bill Belichick got something up his sleeve. He might be the one to get Deshaun Watson. We don't know what's going to go down. So, you know, I'm looking at that. And I, honestly, I really thought, to me, that Eric Bieniemy should have been the Chargers head coach. The offense he runs, young Justin Hubert, Keenan Allen, Eckler, he had guys already on offense that could be explosive. You could take it to another level. I thought that was the offense. The offense that they ran in Kansas City could be that same offense in, with the L.A. Chargers. I was just shocked that they went this way with this person. But a lot of people say he interviewed bad. See, this is my thing. Okay. If you interview bad or not, it ain't about how well you interview. It's about can you get the job done and win. I'm pretty sure Bill Belichick's interviews were boring. I'm pretty sure before he got the Patriots job, like – we didn't know he was like this and that smart, you know. So I'm, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you gotta just not just go by the interview, but be like, okay, if he can really produce, that's all that matters. Because like everybody ain't gonna interview with. Everybody's not gonna really be a person you can interview and talk. But when it comes down to X's and O's, they got it. And that's what I look at. And you said something a few minutes ago that hit me like the beauty of the beast, the nature of the beast. Excuse me. Like you have OCs that's getting new jobs. Now, this is the thing. This is what separates. That's what I've been really looking at lately in the past few years in the NFL. Position coaches, this is the nature of the beast. Can they really be head coaches or are they just position coaches? You see a lot of coaches that can just be really good at positions. Then you got some coaches who really could be leaders. But, you know, you, you really don't know until you get into those situations. And I've seen multiple guys that try to, try to um, head coaching thing and it didn't work. Do you have some? that put the right personnel around. I feel like that's what it comes down to. And no matter who you bring, but in Houston, Airbnb, if Deshaun Watson going to be there, I will take it. But I'm going to be honest. We don't know if they, if he's not there, I went there, put myself in that situation. You might as well stick as an OC. Now, let's, you just saying you chasing money. You just want to be a head coach because you want to have the power and you want to make the money. Fine, good luck with it. But it's going to be ugly because if he doesn't want to be there, the hot, all the money that means they pay him, and he doesn't want to be in Houston. To me, right then, that sends red flags. You can say most people can say what they want. That's a red flag automatically. That guy doesn't want to be in Houston. But one, they already traded DeAndre Hopkins. You had a chance to bring in a good receiver during the trade deadline. 
this year. You didn't bring that in. His numbers was up. And I know J.J. Watt was saying, and when he was walking out, I was like, man, I'm sorry we failed you. Whole time, J.J. Watt was probably really saying, I'm sorry the organization failed you, and I don't blame you if you leave. And I'm pretty sure J.J. Watt feeling the same way. Like, J.J. Watt is going to be a Hall of Famer. He's been beat up, but I feel like, man, J.J. Watt has come to the point where, like, look, man, I want to win the Super Bowl. And I know he said that in the interview, and logically we all know. Unless a miracle or something, and we may have to, may have to discuss this next year. It may be a shocker. We know Houston not going to the Super Bowl. So with that being said, when he says that, that's basically saying, like, I don't want to be in Houston no more. Because he already knows that Houston is not going to the Super Bowl. Go ahead, Brian. Oh, yeah. J.J. Watt, I'm, I'm going to be surprised if he's not traded. He's basically, just like you said, made it very clear that he wants to be out of Houston as well. Had some harsh words to say, not only about the organization, but even, honestly, his teammates in the locker right. room. And was like, we just aren't being professionals here. And that's pretty harsh words, if you ask me, for your teammates, for the coaches. So I think J.J. Watt is going to be on the trade market and he's definitely one I've got my eyes on because I know he's aging. I know he's had injuries. But if I'm a team that feels like I'm just one move away from the Super Bowl, if I can just bring in a little bit extra pass rush, his veteran presence, I think you've got to make that move. Now, his salary does make that a little bit tougher. But if I'm a team, I mean, my Titans. Again, I'm going to keep bringing it back to my Titans. <laughs> I understand. We had the worst pass rush in the league. Like, I would definitely take J.J. Watt in a heartbeat. I hope he gets to play for a contender. And right. I hope Deshaun Watson does too. Whether that ends up being with Houston or somewhere else, I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's top five. So, I would love to see him in a situation where he can win. You know, I think Houston can be turned around pretty quickly as long as they nail that head coaching hire which is not easy to do. Uh, maybe Bienemy will be the man. Time will tell. But, you know, I think you're right with Bienemy in the sense that if he doesn't believe that's the job because there are all those red flags, he can wait another year. He's going to be in the conversation for new vacancies right. each year, right? He's still got Mahomes. They're going to be lighting it up. So yeah. he's going to be producing. So I don't think he needs to rush it at all. And I bet you that's what Andy Reid is telling him. Hey, man, like whispering <laughs> in his ear, I've got some experience. Don't go somewhere where you don't really have a chance to succeed. <laughs> so I think patience might be the right move. Right, right. And I agree with that. And I heard you say right then about the best free agent trade or signing you were thinking about J.J. Watt. And I ain't going to lie, I'm a 49ers fan. I said that and said to myself, like, we was beat up bad. But, man, I was sitting there thinking right then when you just said that right then. I know the money. There's no way we probably can get him unless he just restructured his contract. I said, Bosa. Eric Armstead and J.J. Watt. My God, boy. <laughs> Teams will be extremely afraid. <laughs> that will be oh, yeah. a serious D-line pass rush you had to deal with. But I know that's not going to happen. So who's your best free agent trade or signing that you want to go with? I don't know if you already answered it, if you want to go back to that again. Yeah, so J.J. Uh, Watt's one to keep your eye on. You mentioned previously Matt Ryan and Julio. As trade options, those are definitely tops of the yeah. list. I mean, I, I for potential trade options, we mentioned Deshaun Watson, but outside of that, maybe a tier down would be Stafford and then Matt Ryan. And for your 49ers, I don't know how you feel about this, but if I'm a 49ers fan, I feel pretty dang good if they made a trade for Matt Ryan. 
reunite uh-huh. him and Kyle Shanahan. They had a Super Bowl run together and MVP season. So I like that. Um, in terms of more true free agents, we'll see who gets franchise tagged. Right. But there's a lot of receivers on the market. And I, I'm going to go ahead and kind of take Dak Prescott off the market as well. <laughs> I, I think Cowboys either take care of him or they franchise him. But I, I, I'm going to be shocked if they let him walk. But in terms of receivers, I mean, at the top of the list, you have Chris Godwin and Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. You can keep going. There's a Kenny Galladay. But those two, if I'm a team that, again, is looking to make that Super Bowl run, I'm going after one of those two. Particularly, Chris Godwin might be the one that's more likely to be available because of what Tampa Bay has in terms of their salary cap. They already have some other weapons at receiver. Mm-hmm. It seems like they won't overpay to keep him. So if I'm a team, like let's say the Patriots, you got to think that they're going to go after a receiver, right? right? We know they have question marks at quarterback, but you got to get a receiver there. Like Nikhil Harry, I thought he was a promising <laughs> prospect. But like you need more than Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers. Right. Um, you know what, man? It's hard to debate you, man, because we kind of kind of got the same thoughts, man. So I, I, I'm just sitting here listening to you like – I already said I wanted Matt Ryan for San Francisco. I'm really heavy on Matthew Stafford. I don't know if he knows how to run that system. You pretty much said what I was going to actually say about Dak Prescott, but you're right. No matter how much Jerry talks or whatever and seeing his team go through what it is, he's going to either pay the man or he's going to franchise tag him. I definitely agree with that, and that's the crazy part. A lot of people say they're going to get Dak. I'm like, I already took him off. I told somebody a while, I'm like, you might as well going to cancel that because I'm trust me. Jerry is a businessman. Jerry going to either pay him that money he need to pay him or he going to franchise tag him. But by the way, this is a tough situation for Jerry. Do you get him under contract? Because, you know, his franchise tag this year, if he gets franchise tag, is going to be $40 million this year. So now that's a whole other situation. So I feel like either Jerry going to let him go or he going to sign him. And then you can restructure that contract with signing, maybe pay about $10, $15 million this year and try to get him on the end with more money. But I do know for sure it's $40 million for one year this year on that franchise tag. So that's what I'm saying. I know Jerry probably talk all his junk, but Jerry ain't stupid, man. I mean, <laughs> that no, had like not. top five. He had like some top five numbers before he got hurt. I want to say, I want to say. But he was very good until he got hurt. Now you now you're asking to go back what you got. I'm telling you, if he if he lets Dak Prescott walk out the door. He pretty much set the franchise back five years or more. And um, and for the Cowboys fans on sports media talking about three Super Bowls and all that stuff, man, I mean that they need to be blocked. I don't know how these, these Cowboys fans are delusional, man. Every single year it's the same thing over and over and over. Sometimes they don't even make the playoffs. I'm like, why do they really think every year is a Super Bowl year? I'm a diehard 49ers fan. And I know I'll be realistic. If we hurt, we beat up. I'm not going to say every year is a Super Bowl year. These guys really say every year. These guys ain't even been into the NFC Championship since 95, 96. And you talking about Super Bowl? I mean, it's been times we didn't even make the playoffs. But whenever we did make the playoffs, 49ers made it. The last few years, we always made it for some reason to the NFC Championship. Or we made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, we lost two. But I'm like, how can you – you – you can't be that biased to see that the Cowboys, I'm not saying they're not good at times. When you look at the roster, you say on paper, yeah. 
But like realistically, can you really say every year is gonna be Super Bowl? Like, do you really think the Cowboys are doing that? Like, do you really think as a fan that you telling yourself the truth? You can't be telling yourself the truth. You know this, man. That's like telling your kids. You always say don't lie to your kids. Don't lie to yourself, Cowboy fans. Tell it like it is. Don't lie to yourself. Don't put you don't put yourself through that stress. Cause that's all you're doing is putting yourself through stress that you know that's unwanted stress. Like you really added stress on that don't, that you don't even need. <laughs> go oh ahead, man, bro. yeah, I don't know <laughs> if it's just optimism or delusion. <laughs> they definitely immediately once the season starts going haywire, immediate denial. They're looking not only to the next year as a Super Bowl year, but like you said, three peats. They skip oh. even making the playoffs. They skip. One Super Bowl, they're going straight to three-peats. And you're right, it doesn't matter what happens yeah. that year, the year before, it does not matter. They're, they could roll into the season with mm-hmm. Mitchell Trubisky as their quarterback, right. and they're going to rationalize a way that they're going to win the Super Bowl. They're going to do it. It's unbelievable. I almost respect it in a way. Like, just the blind faith that right. they have in their Dallas Cowboys but, you know, I think if they let Dak Prescott go, they're going to have some riots in Dallas. I they think the fans right. really will be so upset with Jerry because think about it. What are the options? If they let him go, like, is Dallas really going to suit up Mitchell Trubisky with the star on his head? I don't think so. I think the mm-hmm. only other option, just from a business perspective, like you mentioned, Jerry Jones, that's what he is. He may not be a great you know, NFL GM, but he's a pretty dang good businessman. Right, right. To me, is Cam Newton as far right. as the available options. Um, not that he's played great football, but he's a big name. He's going to yep. sell tickets. Right. He's good in commercials, right? Um, but I think it's got to be Dak Prescott. I right. just can't see a way that they don't re-sign him if it's not at least for the franchise tag. Even though that's a big number, you know, it, it gets them a little bit of yeah. a safer option when you look long-term. It's going to be really exciting without a doubt. Now, since you're a 49ers fan, I just got to ask you, because we're talking about, you know, quarterbacks that might be switching places. Are you just completely moved on from Jimmy G? Because I still think he can be good in (laughs) San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. Now, I'm not talking like great, but I think he can be good. That defense is going to be pretty good next year, in my opinion, if they stay healthy. Me too, personally, man, honestly. I ain't gonna lie, everybody always joke on me because I'm one of the few people who believe in Jimmy G. I used to, that was my favorite quote on Facebook and social media, uh, even on my website, of people who always talk to me. I always say the favorite line. Just like they say on the um the dollar bill and Jimmy G, I trust. They don't, although the dollar bill says in God I trust, I say in Jimmy G, I trust. And I always trusted that. This is the thing, man, that, that, that scares me, like what scares people, I guess, with the 49ers. Am I not sold on his game? I'm fine. I like his game. I, I feel like he could get us back to the Super Bowl. But the problem that everybody is so scared of is not necessarily the quarterback, his quarterback abilities. It's him staying healthy. Like, when he first got there, he won those five games. He got that big contract. Went out against Kansas City that first year. Towards ACL or done something. And ever since then, I think he's been, like, mentally, he hasn't been the same mobile person, but he's been getting the job done. So, I think it's been playing with his mind. Next year, he stays healthy. We get to the Super Bowl. This year, bam, he gets hurt again. So I think it's more of a business move. Like, do we really think that Jimmy going to stay healthy? Now, it reminds people, people don't remember this, or they do probably remember. They just don't want to talk about it. When, when that time, when Tom Brady got suspended for them four games, 
during those two games, Jimmy G got hurt then. That's how they had um Jacoby Brissett starting. So, I mean, like, his history of injuries has been there. And I think that's what's really scaring the 49ers realistically. It's not more so of his game. Can he get us a Super Bowl? I think he can. I think if he's healthy, he's the quarterback we need to keep, stay with. It makes more sense. But I think it's more so of them being, like, scared, like, do we know he's going to be hurt? I don't want to be, you know, in the – you know, being optimistic that he may, may not get hurt, and then we keep him, then we're like, oh, he didn't got hurt again, man. This going to set us back. We are Both of our backups, didn't like neither one of them, by the way, are already free agents. So, you know, we do got Josh Rosen on the um, roster. Now, maybe he can be a quarterback that we were just talking about previously that can get a, get under a new um, um, coaching staff or new scenery and do something. I'm not banking on him either. But, I mean, a, a year off-season OTAs may be okay. I'm not saying he's the leader, but me, Jimmy G, has to stay healthy, and I think that's the biggest problem with San Francisco. No doubt. The Jimmy G conundrum is really interesting because, like you mentioned, he's basically been hurt every single season except the Super Bowl run. Yeah. So he's, he's kind of, you know, one for one. If he can stay <laughs> healthy, it's a Super Bowl run, you know? And one thing for the 49ers fans, I love Kyle Shanahan personally. Yeah. Uh, but when you look at his tenure with the San Francisco 49ers, when he has Jimmy G, the record's great. Yeah. And it completely flips on his head when Jimmy G goes out. They've been atrocious Ooh. without Jimmy G. Right. I think they had a respectable season, all things considered, this year. But – I mean, I understand not being sold on Jimmy G as a great quarterback, but mm -hmm. we've definitely seen he's much better than C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins. <laughs> it's just going to be interesting to see if they bet on him staying healthy because, at least in my opinion, the 49ers window is now. I right. think it's actually it's right. closing pretty soon when you look at their contract situation, right? They have a ton of great talent, young talent in Nick Bosa. But before you know it, his contract's going to be up. Mm. And right now, it looks like that's going to be a massive contract. Got that right. Uh, Warner, the linebacker, he might be the best in the league. Right. He's going to be getting paid, right? So, I think their window is actually a little bit more narrow than people think. I think Jimmy G, hey, you tell me he stays healthy, that's good. Other than that, I think Matt Ryan would be – probably the safest move for them in terms of a short-term success. And I think that, too, because, like, uh, for some reason, he's been durable. And even though bad season night, Matt Ryan has played every game. He ain't missed a game. So, I mean, his health is a big a big um thing for us. Like, they will probably bring him to San Francisco. All right, man, Um, NFL draft coming up, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields? For me, it's Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> and I get – that Fields has looked great, and there's a couple other guys that have looked great. But for me, it's Trevor Lawrence. It's don't overthink it. He's been the number one prospect, and I know Fields has been right there neck and neck with him. But he's been the number one guy since high school. He's improved each year at Clemson, and I think he has all the physical tools. He has the size, the arm strength, the accuracy, and the mobility. I think his mobility is a little bit underrated. He's not Lamar Jackson, do not get me wrong, but he is no statue. He's no Jared Goff either. He's going to be able to convert some third downs when he needs to. Right. So for me, it's Trevor Lawrence. I get the people saying Justin Fields. And to be honest with you, 
I've never felt more unsure about quarterbacks coming into the draft because over the past couple seasons, we've seen a lot of trends broken mm-hmm. that were established for a long time. Two ones that are killing it in the NFL now, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. They completely bucked a trend that was if you are inaccurate right. in college, you're going to be inaccurate in the NFL. And those two have completely flipped that script. So right. I almost don't know what to think. I mean, Justin Herbert was one that, you know, he was the third quarterback drafted because he had all the physical tools, but it was, can he really re- read the whole field? Is he really a leader? And now it looks like, Hey, maybe just draft a guy with the most physical tools, coach him up and play the upside. I think Trevor Lawrence gives you that. And I ain't gonna lie. Um, I agree with Trevor Lawrence. And by the way, last year I was going to tell you, you can look on my Facebook page. I mean, not Facebook, Instagram. I had a conversation. I actually told people last year with, with um, one of the pros, um, Jacoby Cofield, I told him he didn't like um, Justin Hubert. I said he was the best quarterback in the draft last year. I said it. I said it last year, early before the draft. He didn't believe me. Now we talked. And he was like, you won't lie. I said, I know. I said, I saw the things that he had. It was just something about it. Like, man, he's the best quarterback. Everybody keep talking about the other guys. No, he's the best. But for you, Trevor Lawrence, I think he does, man. I got to see more of Justin Fields. I do like Justin Fields. I don't like him going to the Jets because this is the thing with these two quarterbacks right now. Trevor Lawrence is about to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars if he's the number one pick, which means he's going to be playing – on his own, he's going to have to be the one to wield him to victory. The thing that I say about Clemson that people don't, I, I guess people may agree or disagree, Clemson spoiled him. He got better each and every year, but it spoiled him. The reason why? Because every receiver at Clemson usually goes to the NFL and, and becomes a successful wide receiver. The running back core is usually a guy in the NFL who's been successful. So Clemson, just like other top-tier um, college programs like Alabama has NFL talent all around the board on that team. So it almost makes it like, is he that great or is he not? Now, don't get twisted. Trevor Lawrence is really good. I'm just saying, he's not going to have that talent that he had in Clemson, and he's going to Jacksonville. He's really going to have to do even more. With his ability, he's great, but he's going to have to do a whole lot. I don't know what Urban Miles is going to do, you know, but all I know is it's going to be warm. He'll be cool. But the thing is, you're still in the division with the Colts. I'm not even counting Houston right now. They're still in your division with the Tennessee Titans. So how much do you expect Trevor Lawrence to do when he's playing against your team twice a year and he's playing against the Colts twice a year? And I'm pretty sure the Colts are find a quarterback to kind of get the job done. So I'm like, I'm looking at that, and I'm looking at the scenario of playmakers on that team. Don't get it twisted. They do, from what I know, they do have the biggest salary cap, I want to say, the most money, but they can go get acquire a lot of free agents. Now, I don't know if free agents want to trust and say they want to go Jacksonville. They may get paid, but I don't know if they say, let's go to Jacksonville think we can win that. I don't think that's going to happen. So that's my thing. Now, with the Jets situation, just feels go there. New coach, rebuild mode, both teams are like, it's almost like these two quarterbacks right here are really about to get thrown into the fire because you don't really know what they're going to have. I'm going Trevor Lawrence regardless because I know what Trevor Lawrence can do. Justin Fields, I know somewhat of what he could do, but I just know good luck with that because they about to get thrown into the real fire, and whew, it ain't going to be pretty. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. It's so hard to judge these college prospects because they're coming from Clemson, Bama, LSU, USC, Ohio State, and they 
go to every field with better players around them each and every Saturday. It's right. almost gotten to the point with some of these crazy stats that you have to just throw the stats out. All of these guys have passer ratings above 160. Their completion percentages are like 70%. It's crazy numbers. Yeah. So I think you kind of have to pair that out. And speaking with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, one, I agree with you, probably the least desirable franchise for free agents to go to. And that defense is atrocious. I think it'll be fun to watch because I think they're going to find themselves in some shootouts, kind of similar to what we saw Joe Burrow go through with the Bengals, yeah. right, where he's just going to have to sling it 50 times right, to right. keep the tags in it. Um, now, one other guy I wanted to bring up to you, and I haven't delved into the film yet, but just from all the hype, just from kind of the coming out uh -oh. of nowhere – Zach Wilson. Oh, I'm about to, to say me, it. I told you we can't debate. We kind of on the yeah. same page. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Zach Wilson, <laughs> to me, has major Mitchell Trubisky vibes. I don't know if that's just me, but it's like the guy who's coming out of nowhere, all of a sudden he's going to pass some dudes that we've known about, potentially Justin Fields, right? And Mitchell Trubisky hopped over Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. It just seems like – that might happen. It kind of seems like a Jets move to, pick, <laughs> to right. pick Zach Wilson one great year. But, you know, he was pretty bad in his big-time game. So, I'm curious as to what you think about Zach Wilson. Man, I'm the same way. Um, I know the 49ers went down there several times to watch him. He already said he could run that system like the back of his head. I'm not sold on Zach Wilson. I ain't trying to hear nothing about Zach Wilson. I think the problem with the 49ers is, the GM and John Lynch, and I don't know, maybe it's Kyle too. You know, he one time he was stuck on on Kirk Cousins. I said, oh no, that's not gonna be it. Now <laughs> I think about it, man. Yo, we we on the third pick of the NFL draft in 2017, we had a chance to pick Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, and we went with Solomon Thomas. And Solomon Thomas is out the door this year, not just because of injury, because he's a free agent. Ain't done nothing since he's been there. So I'm just saying, man, they have had some moments. What one thing they got correct was Nick Bosa. That's the one they got correct. The other guys are usually already on the roster, but the one move they got correct was Nick Bosa. That was it. I mean, we probably had a few other offensive hey, lines. I like Brandon Ayuk. I like Brandon. Well, I mean, yeah, well, of course, yeah, yeah, I do, I do. I forgot about Brandon. I, I think they've done hey, man, quite Debo. a few good things. Yeah, Debo. I think they've done quite a few good things. Bringing in Trent Williams, I think they're yeah, going to yeah. look to re-sign him. But Solomon Thomas is definitely a really bad pick in that situation. And, but the 49ers are lucky. The Bears are the team that catches all the heat because they drafted Trubisky. Right. The 49ers, people forget that they went with Jimmy G, right? They, they gave him that big contract. Right. Drafted Solomon Thomas with, obviously, a Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes still on the board. But they kind of get a pass for that. <laughs> yeah. And I said that thought about, do you know, also during that draft, I want to say, or the, the, the draft before we got Reuben Foster, we ain't seen Reuben Foster since he was with the Redskins and he got hurt. So you had injury troubles with those two guys. I know John Lynch is a first time GM and I think they more so brought him as a GM as a football guy. I don't know if he just like with Trent Balky going to Jacksonville. GM wise, <laughs> he terrible. But one thing he did do when they fired him, Trent Balkin knows how to save money. He knows how to get you for your real value. So when they got rid of him and he brought in Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, they left them a lot. He left them a lot of money. 
But on that level, like, I, I just – I'm not sold on Zach Wilson. I'm just saying, like, I seen him play against Coastal Carolina this year, and they lost to Coastal Carolina. Like, Coastal Carolina probably just had their best year since I've been born. And you come over here, and we talking about one of the best quarterbacks, and you can't will your team to win against Coastal Carolina. Although they had to play, it was like a game that he's brought in. But it just shows me, like, I'm, I'm not sold on him. But I might as well – me personally, I'm sold on what we already have either Jimmy G or get a veteran quarterback. Some people talk about Trey Lance. I'm not sold on him. I mean, I need I need a quarterback that can really throw the ball down the field. You know, Deshaun Watson, they probably – if we could get Deshaun Watson and if it made sense, I wouldn't mind making certain trades. I'm not trading Nick Bosa. You know, if he could get that receiving quad, I think we could put up points. If Debo Samuel can stay healthy, you can stay healthy, Kittle, Running back by committee, so I ain't. I mean, even though Morse is there, but I think it's running back by committee. If we could get somebody like like Deshaun Watson and be willing to give up whatever to get him, I would do it. But you know, because we are going to have to pay um Fred. I mean, Kurt, Fred Warner. You got the D line down low. Eventually, we got to get um Nick Bosa. Maybe Deshaun Watson is happy there. Maybe he might be willing to restructure his contract with the 49ers if he's in a winning situation and a comfortable situation. I really think he's just tired of um Houston and he could go elsewhere. But with that being said, if you ain't got nothing else, man, Brian Bolster, I appreciate you, man. You can um let everybody um hear where they need to come follow you at one more time. Yeah, again, I appreciate you having me on. It was a lot of fun. We ended up agreeing on quite a bit of stuff, which I'm just going to chalk that up to great minds think alike. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> you can find me at Bolstered Up Sports, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I've got a podcast on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, all the major platforms, so be sure to check that out. And again, I want to thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely, man. And by the way, this podcast for the viewers is going to be on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Google Podcasts. Yeah, that's it. Raw Mind Sports, Raw Thoughts with Ryan Bolster. Thank you. Have a great day, great night, great morning, whatever time you listen to this.